0: Welcome to the Jill on Money Podcast. It's Sunday, February 21st, and we are continuing our conversation about cryptocurrency. By the way, when you have that moment when you're like, oh my God, what's my password to that darn account? And then all of a sudden you got to recreate a password and this whole rigmarole, that is not going to seem like such a bad course of action considering what could happen to you if you have forgotten a password associated with an early Bitcoin account. We are delighted to welcome back to the show today, Dan Roberts, who is the Yahoo Finance editor at large. He's been on the Bitcoin beat for probably since the really the inception, so more than 10 years. And he is back with us on our program to talk about the current state of digital currencies and um, how, you know, obviously when the price has skyrocketed skyrocketed. I mean, it's unbelievable. In fact, I wrote this down, Mark, because the day that we interviewed him, it was like two years to the day where Bitcoin was trading at like 3,600. And the day we interviewed him, it was at 36,000. So a tenfold increase in two years. And if you forget your password when something's worth you know 3,600 bucks, that's awful. <laughs> when it's 36,000, Boy, that'll catch your attention here's the second part of our interview with Dan Roberts can you talk a little bit about this craziness where I've even heard in fact I heard Kara Swisher say this on her podcast where she said she bought Bitcoin a million years ago she has no idea where it is so what's the problem there I mean that seems to be like a pretty major issue for people like me who can you know uh, hardly remember where my keys are although I do know what keys are so that's good
1: Right, well, when we talk about losing your keys, as they're called, and it's sometimes 20 different words, a recovery phrase, think of it as you've parked your car somewhere in the world. You don't remember where you parked it and it doesn't have a license plate on it and you've lost the car keys. That's it. The car exists somewhere, but you can't access it. That's the way to think of your Bitcoin. It's not uh, in an account that you can just go visit the account. It is parked on the blockchain the Bitcoin blockchain. And if you can't access it with your keys and spend it or send it, that's it. It will sit there. No one else can get it, but you can't get it. Now, here's the big don't worry to all that. That's why there's such an appeal for mainstream exchange sites like Coinbase. You just buy through Coinbase, which almost everyone in the US who is reading about it, doesn't know much about it, but decides I'd like to buy a little bit. They're likely to go to Coinbase. You don't have to worry about your keys. Coinbase acts as the custodian. Now, of course, what the diehards say is, well, what if there's a hack? We don't trust Coinbase. And also Coinbase has had a series of outages during major price moves and people get very angry. Oh my goodness, the price is crashing. I want to sell and Coinbase is down. So with those problems, some you know obsessives and people who've been in the industry and understand all this, they say, that's why you should store your keys on a hardware wallet, which basically looks like a little fob. That New York Times story that's being shared around... Those are people who had their crypto on a hardware wallet. And that way, you know, you're not trusting Coinbase, but boy, if you lose your keys, that's it. So that's why it makes sense for newbies and anyone who doesn't want to worry about keys to just buy through a trusted exchange. And then you're never going to lose it because it's Coinbase that has your keys.
0: What do you think is going to be the, the implication of sort of the ability for people to, say, buy Bitcoin in a 401k or an IRA account?
1: Is that going to happen, do you think? Well, I think that there will be options, but a lot depends on the pace of regulation. And regulation is about to kick into high gear. Now, of course, when we talk about regulators like the CFTC, SEC, high gear still doesn't mean much. I mean, They infamously move at a glacial pace. But there already are a number of kind of newish, nascent workaround options like that for investing in Bitcoin, but they're risky. They're not FDIC insured. And this brings us back to the whole push and pull philosophically that I talked about. There are Bitcoiners who love that it's unregulated, but as it goes more mainstream, the big Wall Street investment firms and regular you know, retail investors, they want regulation. And regulation is coming, baby. And the question is, you know, is it good for the space or bad? Will it impinge on innovation or will it allow it to go more mainstream? So I'll give you an example. We just had a guest on our Yahoo Finance live shows from a company called BlockFi. And of course, Coinbase is one of BlockFi's investors. BlockFi is a savings account, but they pay you your interest in Bitcoin or in any one of 10 other cryptocurrencies you choose. You can get it in Gemini dollars if you want. You could get it in Ether which is the digital currency of Ethereum and the number two largest cryptocurrency. But it's not FDIC insured. So Mm. there's a risk there. I mean, if you want to quickly accumulate Bitcoin and it's a way to get more Bitcoin without just outright buying it, you can set up an account with BlockFi and deposit a bunch of money with them and then you'll earn interest in Bitcoin. But you might not trust it because it's not like, you know, Ally or Marcus by Goldman Sachs or Chase. It is regulated by the NYDFS, the New York Department of Financial Services, because its partner, its exchange is Gemini and Gemini is regulated by NYDFS. But point being, a lot of these newish platforms are offering various investment vehicles, ways to get into Bitcoin without just outright buying Bitcoin. But there's a lack of regulation, but increased regulation is coming. So we'll see how fast it moves and how fast it goes mainstream. It depends. What's your appetite for risk? Is the idea of future inflation also some
0: fuel for, you know, gold already ran, now let's do Bitcoin. It's just, it becomes another, could it become another, uh, I'll put 2% in as my crazy inflation slash if the world goes to pot trade.
1: Absolutely. And some would say it's already there. Now, of course, it's very volatile. But if you actually look at a price chart of Bitcoin and we have, you know, price chart on Yahoo Finance, that will do this for you nicely. If you expand out and click five years, you'll see that even though there have been two or three, what look like on the chart, big crashes, adjustments, corrections, in that five years, it's up huge. You know, the line kind of goes up, up, up. Then in 2018, as we've discussed, it staggers down, but not all the way down. Then it goes up, up, up again, and it's spiking right now. Now, of course, that suggests that sometime this year, there's going to be a peak and then a big correction again. But my point is over time, it goes way up. It has gone way up. It has been a very good investment if you were to buy it years and years ago. If you're willing to buy some and hold on to it and you're not speculating and you're not short term, then it has been historically a good investment. I can't speak to the future and what happens next, but that is what people are saying. A hedge against inflation, maybe you put two to 5% of your portfolio in. And of course, the pandemic, you know, related to the idea that it's a hedge against inflation, the pandemic has been very good to Bitcoin because the argument is that as you look around and governments and central banks are pulling various levers, you know, the Fed, and issuing stimulus checks, all of this serves to reiterate Bitcoin's appeal as, quote unquote, digital gold. They can't just print more of it. There's no quantitative easing with Bitcoin. There's no centralized power that can uh, cause inflation. Bitcoin supply is capped at 21 million coins, which of course, we're not there yet. So new Bitcoins are still being created, but there will never be more than 21 million. And so that is its appeal. It's scarcity.
0: So I don't want to go crazy with this, for sure. I really don't want people to like go, "Wow, I want in on that. But, you know, I can't help but go into my old commodities trading life and think, you know, I could see how someone wants to sort of dip their toe into this. So our message, as you conclude, would be to be careful to only allocate the amount of money that you don't really care about. So you think the the safest way for people to do this is through one of these exchanges, whether it's Gemini or something else, so that they don't have to worry about you know misplacing
1: their various passcodes, right? Yes. I think if you want to dip a toe in and put a small amount, maybe you say, I'll buy a thousand dollars worth. And by the way, if you had done that a month ago, you'd be way up. You know, you'd have two thousand and change. Best to use a U.S.-based Bitcoin exchange site, and there are a few. You know, you mentioned Gemini. I talked about Coinbase. There are a couple others. Binance is the biggest one in the world, but it is not based in the U.S. and has had some issues at times. But just let them hold on to it. Uh, And again, be careful as with any investment, you know, and and I'm not even, by the way, Jill, necessarily telling people to buy some, you know, we don't do that at Yahoo Finance, but Mm. I would say this, a colleague of mine, Rick Newman, way back in the 2017 surge, he wrote a fun post that just said, it's fun to own Bitcoin. I mean, you know, forget whether, you know, it's, it's your savings on the line and boy, it better go up or I'll be in big trouble. Even if you just put $10 in, because you can buy a fraction. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They look at the price and see it's 35,000. They say, well, I don't have 35,000. Well, you can buy $1 worth of Bitcoin. Rick was writing about the fact that you know, it's gone way up, but he's not selling the small amount he has. This was back in 2017. And he mm-hmm. said, because it's fun to have a little skin in the game and look at the price and go, wow, this is crazy. And then it might crash, fine. Or it might surge, fine. But its it, it feels like you know, being at the forefront of something cool and exciting. Again, gang, if you are hearing this and you're the kind of person who
0: like completely gnashes your teeth when the market goes down a tiny bit, this is not for you. You should not be doing this. You have to know yourself. And if you think it's a fun thing and you want to just sort of get into this digital asset land, you want to see everybody else's um, library card and you want to just be part of something interesting or you want to learn something, I get that too. But as Dan says, you
1: got to be careful. Just quickly, Jill, I'll give you one last yep. little soundbite I love about, you know, whether to buy Bitcoin, how much to have. A buddy of mine who's a day trader, he said when, he, when there's something he owns, whether it's a stock, whatever it is, and it goes up and he wonders if he should sell, he asks himself if it were to go down by 50%, would I buy more or would I puke? And if the answer is puke, then I should sell when it goes up.
0: <laughs> right. I like that. That's good. The yeah. puke factor. This is a good, right. we're going to call it the puke test, which there is good. There you go. Okay, that's it. Now listen, Bitcoin or any digital currency is not the replacement for your financial planning. So if you have a financial question, we would love to hear from you. Please send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Go to our website jillonmoney.com. We've got a lot of stuff there. And you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. You can subscribe to this podcast right on our website, or you can do it wherever you're listening to this show. Please pass it along. It is one of the ways that we've been expanding our listenership exponentially. So we rely on you and we are grateful for you. Remember to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, do something nice for someone else today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.